This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome <laughs> to my favorite murder, the mini-sode. That's Karen Kilgara. And that's Georgia Hardstark. Hi, 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 hi. We're getting so good at those intros. I'm <laughs> We're sorry. getting great like, in our names. I hate to be intimidating to people, but <laughs> it's powerful. Those first 15 seconds. Yeah, it does. It does a lot of good. So we're about to read you your emails. Mm-hmm. Your hometowns. We're just going to look. We're going to get through 2021. We're going oh, to survive it and we're, we're going so to get through it. We're so we're, close. We're on the verge. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going. And here's something that might help. Some stories. Okay. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I think that was the perfect segue right into an inspirational hometown. If oh, you have shit. It. Do I have Or one? whatever you have. We can edit that part out. This, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> but this isn't inspirational in any way, shape or form. Okay. This one's called Your Friendly Neighborhood Chalk Outline. Mm. Hi, MFM crew. Let's get into it. I grew up in Park City, Utah, a town known for its picturesque ski slopes and for hosting Hollywood's debauchery every January during the Sundance Film Festival. While Park City has a pretty Tony reputation these days, when I was growing up, it was a small, sleepy town filled with ski bums and nature-loving hippies. Because it was very safe and small, my parents worked two jobs each. My sister and I were allowed to roam our neighborhood unsupervised for hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) One summer day, my sister and I were riding our bikes from our house to a duck pond up the road. We lived in a condo community at the base of Park West Ski Resort, known as the Canyons today, and it only took us two minutes to get from our house to the pond. On this particular day, however, we couldn't get all the way to the duck pond because there were police cars everywhere. We had never seen something like this, so we ditched our bikes and walked around uh, the condos to the parking lot where it seemed like most of the action was happening. (laughs) Just love the kids are like, I know how to get to that spot. Let's go. Yeah, we cut over here. We can get right front and center. That's right. Despite being unable to get very close, we saw something our eight and five year old eyes had never seen before. Oh, no. Lots of police tape and a real life chalk outline. Our minds were blown. Uh, I didn't know they really did that for some reason. I guess they did. Word spread quickly that there had been a murder related to some patrons of a bar at the ski resort, and the murderers were quickly arrested by police. The victim was a gay man named Doug Kohler, who had been playing pool at the bar the night before and had befriended two straight men over the course of the night. The night ended and the men went to went their separate ways before the straight men returned to Mr. Kohler's home, lured him out of the house and shot him in the parking lot. Oh, my God. I know. The motive for the killing was determined to be Mr. Kohler's sexual orientation, and the homicide was labeled a hate crime. Most of these details didn't make it to my eight-year-old ears until the next year, however, when my mom sat me down to watch the 2020 episode about the murder. Totally appropriate, Mom. 
Mm. I will never forget the sight of the chalk outline in our neighborhood's parking lot, both because it was one of the first times that my naive childhood worldview had been rocked and because my dad continued to drive us by the outline long after the police had cleared the crime scene. I think the outline stayed there for a full month. Knowing the horrible and heartbreaking reason Mr. Kohler died has always stayed in my memory right alongside the visual, and I truly believe it was in this instance that my murderino self was born. Stay sexy and maybe don't drive your kids by the chalk outline over and over again, Sydney. Wow. I know. I don't think I knew that one. That's awful. Yeah, that's really horrible. I feel like those ones you don't hear about. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's it's a classic example of like crime against marginalized people where it doesn't get talked about. Right. It doesn't. But the idea, I know that like on first glance, it's like, oh, that's gross or bad of the parents or whatever. I totally think when something like that happens, like in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. that it's oh, it's almost like people processing it of like this thing happened. Yeah. Like, this really horrible thing. And I don't know. I feel like it was like the dad going and looking at it. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't you think it's that it's that kind of like processing? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or just one way to look at totally. it. Totally. I think because it's like that's why people gather around. Right. A crime scene. It's because it's like what just happened among us. Right. It's the same with a car accident. When you're driving by, people stop and gawk because they want they want information. Right. Um, I'm from Bellingham, Washington, and boy, do we have it all. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I didn't lose the second page. <laughs> I love it. No, just go with it. Oh, it just started high there. Oh, okay. I missed. I only missed high there. Okay. I really like the other one. Um, like they work for the tourism board or something. <laughs> since we're close, uh, since we are close to the Canadian border, or perhaps just the creepy Pacific Northwest vibes, we get a lot of serial killers who see it as a good spot to lay low oh. in case they need to flee the country. That means Ted Bundy, the DC sniper, and the Hillside Strangler have all hung out here. Mm. Hooray! My personal connection is to the Kenneth Bianchi, a.k.a. the Hillside Strangler case. During the late 70s, he was a manager for a security company up here and my mom's brother's boss, who is your uncle. Just <laughs> no, just to break it to you lightly. Because of this, he came and had dinner at my grandparents' what? house with their whole family several times, <gasps> all while my mom was in her late teens. <gasps> She, uh, since he was a trusted member of the community, he also gave several of her kids. Oh, my God. Because he was a trusted member of the community, he also gave several of her friends rides home from parties. Oh. A few months later, Bianchi was arrested for the murders of Karen Mandic and Diane Wilder, two university students in our town. Though my mom often describes Bianchi as good looking and charming, there was something about him that was off just enough so that no one was surprised when they found out he was the hillside strangler. Holy shit. Plus, my uncle was promoted into his role at the company. Way to climb the ladder. Holy (laughs) shit. Whenever I encounter other Bellinghamsters who (laughs) could that be the real name who have been here for a generation or two. I always share the story to get some bonus points as everyone in the Pacific Northwest is a murderino. Many that's a, that's a bold statement. Many times the person I'm talking to will reciprocate their connection to Bianchi and expand my database of his character. For example, one of the places he did security at was our local sportsplex. A former coworker of mine used to smoke outside the place with her fellow 12 to 14 year olds. (laughs) (laughs) And Bianchi, an adult, would join them and invite them to party. Ugh. 
12 to 14 year olds. Yeah. He even told my coworker that she had a nice neck. More heartbreaking oh my examples. God. Yeah, it's horrifying. More heartbreaking examples occur when someone had a connection to the victims. In sharing my mom's story with another acquaintance, she shared that her now husband had been dating one of the victims when she was murdered. Oh. He truly loved her and is in several courtroom photos as he went to Bianchi's trial every single day to ensure that she received justice. Mm. She did receive justice, but her murder left a huge hole in the lives of those around her. I hope sharing this helps bring perspective that some people's fascination is other people's heartbreak. Stay sexy and don't accept compliments about your neck. Grace. Wow. That was mm-hmm. a that was a great, great, well written hometown. Beautifully, beautifully put together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. This one's called A Murder Trial and a Badass Doctor. Greetings to the MFM family members of all kinds. I love the show. Never stop. Moving on to the hometown story. (laughs) This story shared with me by my mom comes from my hometown of Roseburg, Oregon, a town that's small, conservative and dull as hell. In July 1990, the body of traveling photographer Donald Fish was found by the South Umpqua River in Roseburg. It was discovered that he had met a couple, Tamara Upton and Tracy Poirier, at a local tavern the evening before. The women then robbed Fish and beat him to death with stones on the riverbank. Oh, shit. I know. And then fled in a car they had stolen in Salem, Oregon, and were caught and arrested driving on the I-5. During this time, my mom was pregnant with my older brother, and she was selected to be on the jury for this trial. My mom's not a huge murderino, but she thought it was a super interesting opportunity to be part of a murder trial, so she was looking forward to the experience. However, because she was pregnant and had had a miscarriage the year before, which affected her mental health in ways that persist today, her OBGYN advised her that she should not be part of the jury and wrote her a letter of medical excuse. Ultimately, both Upton and Poirier were convicted of aggravated murder in 1991 and each sentenced to life in prison. However, once there, Poirier befriended a prison guard who helped her escape from the prison in 1998 and the two fled to Rhode Island, where they were caught and extradited back to Oregon. This case has been featured on episodes of the show's Killer Couples, Wicked Attraction, and the most recent update on the case is that Upton passed away in prison in 2019 of an undisclosed illness. My mom shared this story with me only in my teenage years. I'm approaching 30 now and handling it just fine. Thank you. And I've been fascinated ever since that this murder took place only a few miles from my childhood home. SSDGM and fucking hooray for doctors who put mental health concerns first. Katie, she, her. Whoa. I know. I swear my last one isn't as intense. Well, also just like the idea Killing someone with a rock, Ugh. like that is so intensely violent yeah. and horrible. And I mean, yeah. what in the hell? That's After so robbing extreme. them, it's just so depraved. It's horrible. God. All right. Well, this is slightly more uplifting. Hi. To begin, I live in a very small town in very rural Iowa, so there's nothing to do ever. <laughs> because of that, during the summers, we often spend a lot of time in the river Yes, it is pretty gross. And you definitely have to be up to date on your tetanus shot. (laughs) One summer, my cousin was in the river with her boyfriend and came across an object buried in the sandbar. At first, they thought it was a bone from a deer. But my cousin's boyfriend is a hunter and recognized that it was not from a deer. It was, in fact, a human jawbone. (gasps) Here's the story. What? 
There was a huge flood a few years before, and the river was meters higher than it normally is. A family was stopped on the bridge on the highway at the crest of a hill out of their vehicle looking at the flood water. A semi traveling at about 55 miles an hour came over the crest of the hill. And because 18 wheelers can't just stop at the drop of a hat, the driver had very few options. This The semi driver with his wife as a passenger made a decision to sacrifice himself and his wife in order to not hit and inevitably kill the people standing outside of their vehicle on the bridge. Oh. The semi driver swerved and went plummeting into the river. Both he and his wife died. Most of the semi-driver's body was never recovered until my cousin found the jawbone buried in the sandbar and it was identified as his using his dental records. Mm. Stay sexy and watch out for semis. They have a job to do, JC. Oh my God, that is heartbreaking. This is an intense episode of the show. (laughs) Every single one. I mean, but there it's like, it's, you know, that's an unbelievable story. Yeah that truck driver and his wife like sacrificed themselves for a family what an that's like the end of a movie totally totally like oh what heroes it's crazy well i do have a lighthearted one now thank fucking god okay great there's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back i know it sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone but it also sounds like we just sold some merch that's right and if you're a shopify user like us you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye why do i always remember lyrics to songs karen that i haven't heard for years but i always forget my email passwords i know right it's like our brains only want us to retain useless information but with one password that problem solved one password is an award-winning password manager that's trusted by families and large-scale companies alike if you're tired of being the person that everyone texts for a streaming login hand that honor to one password they let you share logins with people and with groups with one password you can securely switch between any device type or operating system. That means if you're a family or business that uses both Mac and PC, you won't have trouble sharing your private data. Don't let the name fool you. 1Password does more than just store passwords. It can autofill usernames, 
payment details, and personal information. And they notify you about potential data breaches. For business operations, 1Password has a dedicated support team that will integrate its security tools into your existing workflow. 1Password saves everyone time. And we all know that time saved equals money saved. Your accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. 1Password was named Wirecutter's best password manager. And companies like Salesforce and IBM trust 1Password to secure their most sensitive information. So you can too. Right now, our listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com slash MFM. Onepassword.com slash MFM. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Here we go. All right. This is called Chippendales for Mothers. <gasps> yep. Oh. Two days. Yay. It just starts. Two days ago, I, 25-year-old <laughs> female, purchased tickets for my mom and I to go see the Chippendales for her 60th birthday in December. Ooh. What's up? I purchased them while I was at work and came home and my mom watching the Dateline episode about the Chippendales murder. She's always had the horrible gift of reading my mind and spoiling surprises. So she bought her <laughs> tickets and she just happened to be fucking watching the Dateline. That's hilarious. I love it. I tried to casually get a read on if she would be excited to go see them when she dropped the absolute bomb on me that she went to see them in the 80s <gasps> with my no frills LDS raised Reed Mormon grandmother. Yes. <laughs> she grew up in a small town. And so what was that noise? Did I just honk? It was the greatest. <laughs> I just honk. Ah, here we go. <laughs> yes. She grew up in a small town in southern Utah and married my grandpa on her 18th birthday against my great grandma's wishes and ran away to Las Vegas to start their family. Hell yes. She was always quiet and never had anything bad to say, no matter how much she disliked something. <laughs> <laughs> you should really try it. It's really great Goals just to talk real. shit. Like, God, please help no. me. When my mom was in her 20s, she won tickets to see the Chippendales on the radio. <laughs> she invited my grandma to go since my grandpa was out of town with my uncles on a hunting trip. Yes. The perfect time for a girl's night out. Cats I, away, baby. Cats right. away. I guess my grandma had the all caps 
time of her life. Yes, she did. (laughs) It wasn't every day she was able to get dolled up and party it up with a bunch of gyrating hairy oiled up men <laughs> during the middle hairy they were there was like half of them were full on hairy bears that's what was hot at the time i guess yeah it was during the middle of the show the mc said hunting season is always our busiest time of year <laughs> <laughs> and then it says this trap <laughs> that's right my uh seeing my mom so happy just thinking about the memory of going with my grandma was so nice and i hope that i'm able to recreate a version of that for her and i i'm more excited than ever to go with my mom to see gyrating hairless oiled up men <laughs> sign of the times yeah <laughs> my grandma passed away at the beginning of 2021 not covid after being sick for most of my life when i was about five she became super sick i'm talking nonstop. hospitals couldn't speak walk or feed herself but thanks to my very stubborn and hard-headed grandpa she was able to live another 20 years she outlived all my other grandparents she wasn't able to walk very well but she did everything she could to keep her life as normal and routine as possible even after my grandfather's passing in 2012. She loved Mm -hmm. to bowl, and I recently inherited her bowling gear, including her personalized ball and vintage bowling bag. Please send a picture of that to us. That's right. Please immediately send a picture. I love it. My mom and And any trophy, any trophy she may have ever. (laughs) Send us a trophy. We want a trophy. Yeah, we want bowling trophies of our own, (laughs) please. But then also if you have pictures of your grandma. My mom and I make it a point to go at least twice a month now. Yes. Grandma was my mom's best friend. Their relationship set such an amazing example. My dad always tells me, your mom is always going to be your best friend. Mm. Stay sexy and take your mom to see the Chippendales. (laughs) Tay. Yes. What a beautiful family story that was. I know. I absolutely love the idea of like... And otherwise, because, you know, I don't know if you've ever met like older Mormons, but they're so like Americana perfect. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I def- My friend Betsy that I used to work with, she invited me over to dinner one night and her parents came over and they were like they they were just perfectly put together mm-hmm. and they were incredibly lovely people. And they like the mother made this insanely perfect food. Mm. It was like and everything was just Homemaking to the nine. Right. I've never seen anything like it. Right. That's like their focus in life is to make oh, family happy. It's it's family and like, you know, religious yeah. community, whatever. But then the idea that she's like, right, but I get to also one night of my yeah. life go out and stick some dollar bills in this guy's That's underwear. right. I get to put on my clip-on earrings and fucking party <laughs> it up. And spray on some of that white shoulders and just get out there with the gals. <laughs> Blue eyeshadow. Let's do this. Yes. Thing. So sorry. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> because you know what? It had like badass grandma, Chippendales, like Chippendales family. Bowling. Experience. Bowling. I love bowling. Oh, bowling. it's been so long since we've been allowed to bowl. Do bowling. Let's go bowling. <gasps> Let's go bowling ASAP. I love bowling. Let's do it. Let's you know what? Let's do that. Do you have you gotten your booster yet? Not yet. I'm getting that'll it be our week. booster celebration. Great idea. OK, great. Bye. <laughs> okay, this the subject line is very teen hero. Hi, friends. A few months back, or was it years? Who knows? Thanks, COVID. Uh, you asked for stories about teenagers or preteens who saved the day. And I have the story for you. I teach ESL, Eng- English as a Second Language, in Quebec City. And two years ago, I had a grade six student named Jean Christophe. It's not his real name. I chose a super French one for you. <laughs> 
Thank you. Yeah, don't be boring with made up names. Let's get creative. Especially the French ones. Yeah. I'm, now I'm going to put as much accent into the, that Please. name as I possibly can. Okay. Please. He was a fairly mediocre student, but one who was pretty sweet. And here's his story. He was at a pool party with a few different families. Yes, even in Quebec, it sometimes gets warm enough to go swimming. <laughs> when everyone went inside to get some food, usually Jean-Christophe would be the first one to go grab some food, but for whatever reason, he decided to stay and swim a little longer. It was at this point when all the adults were inside and he was alone in the pool that he noticed a funny shape at the bottom of the pool. <gasps> He quickly realized it was the three-year-old daughter of one of the families that was there. He swam down and grabbed her and then yelled for the adults once he had her out of the pool. She was unconscious. He started doing CPR on her, an 11-year-old, oh. until an adult came out to take over and someone else called the ambulance. Thanks to him, she survived and was okay. Oh, my God, I have chills. I find his story so touching because Jean-Christophe is such an indiscreet kid. He never draws attention to himself and he is most decidedly an underachiever. But when it really counted, he got it done. Jean-Christophe. Dude. Oh dude. And then it just says dude with six U's. Yes. Oh, I love it. Thanks for all you do. You've helped me learn how to talk to my daughters about their mental health struggles. Hmm. And I couldn't be more grateful. And shout out to my sister LJ, who's the fiercest badass I know. Also, she owes me big time for introducing her to the pod. <laughs> Stay sexy and never underestimate a quiet 11-year-old. No name. Chills. Chills. How about that for a big, oh, like a big show, big ender? Big closer. Big closer. Good he one. He saved a three-year-old baby. That little kid. Let's just keep our eye on Jean-Christophe. Yeah. Or, or whoever actually knows him. But I mean, like, that's not an underachiever. No. That's just someone that doesn't work in your fucking that's systems. Bored. He's bored with your he's fucking... Bored. And he's better than all of Canadian us. Canadian bullshit education system. Sorry. Metric system. <laughs> Constant metric he system. He refuses. Like, Enough. He's a pioneer. He Really? He, he's just been waiting for his time to shine. And it came and he nailed it. And God bless. Okay. How about after we go bowling, we go learn CPR and get certified in it? Because I'm not I would love I'm it. ashamed of it that I'm not. The only thing I can tell you offhand is that if you're trying to give somebody a... Uh, See the actual CPR where you're pumping on their heart. Uh -huh. it, it's to the beat of uh, 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 Saturday Night Fever. Yes. It's faster than you'd think. It's like okay. faster than the movies ever show it. Okay. But we should definitely take a class because I took a class like in the late 2000s. It was very informational and it made me feel much like calmer. Yeah. Because there's a whole thing about if somebody has a heart attack, you actually don't need to. I mean, Hold on. This is me, what I remember from the class. <laughs> yeah. This is not none of this. Or I'm not telling you, whatever. But there are um those these Defibril paddles. defibrillator? There are defibrillators along the wall in like every airport in oh. many public spaces. So if you can if you spot those and maybe even look around for them in downtime, um, you just have to grab the paddle, you have to pull that down. It's very clear instructions and you just zap wow. somebody back. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. great. To, that's good to know. I feel like a thing I'm always worried about is like, am I ever going to have to give the Heimlich maneuver to someone? Yeah. You know, or if they're going to have to give it to me, obviously, I worry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's well, that's a first of all, please chew your food slowly. <laughs> Secondly, let's please take a victim a CPR blame. Class. <laughs> please stop swallowing lasagna all Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> you know what and there's the other thing is if somebody starts choking and they walk out of the room go follow them because people right. do that all the time right. and that's how a lot of people 
die is that they think, oh, we have to leave that person alone because they're choking. Right. Or the person is embarrassed and doesn't want to say anything. So they just go deal with it on their own. But that's not. So they just they just go choke in the bathroom. So follow those people. Help them. If anyone goes to the bathroom, follow them at your party. Yes. Just go. And and scream, are you choking at the door? (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely though we have to take a first aid class. Okay, for sure. For sure. That's such a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll really. You know what else? We have to become doctors. (laughs) (laughs) My coffee just immediately. Well, well, thanks for listening. Send us your stories, good, bad, or ugly. We like them all. Uh, We love them all. Yeah, that's our guarantee. Yeah, thanks for the ones we read this week. Yeah, everybody did an amazing job. Amazing job. If you want one more from each of us, join the fan cult. We do an extra quickie, mini, mini episode every week, and along with other things salacious bonus content that's right just the stuff that you really really want in your ears it's hometown after dark that's right (laughs) (laughs) stay sexy and don't get murdered (laughs) goodbye (laughs) elvis do you want a cookie This has been an Exactly Right production our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton associate producer Alejandra Keck Engineer and mixer, Stephen Ray Morris. Researchers, Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Send us your hometowns and your fucking hoorays at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. And for more information about this podcast, our live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>